So if you have no blogs or you don't really have a, a gated piece of content like an ebook or a guide, then how do you set up a drip nurture? You know, how would you actually figure out how to bring these leads in and take them further down the funnel? You know, you need to have these little things in place at the very beginning before you think of really investing in these platforms. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to the episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. In today's episode, I've got a guest that I'm quite excited to share with you because we spent our entire podcast talking about sales and marketing, the integration, analytics, testing, and getting better results from your marketing efforts using sales and marketing automation. So my guest today is Riza Gooding. She is a marketing automation and CRM expert who specializes in leveraging platforms like HubSpot, Infusionsoft, and Salesforce to help companies generate more leads and improve conversions and close more deals. Riza is the co-founder and client director of a company called Kakao Media. She's a HubSpot certified platinum partner agency with offices in Tel Aviv, and that's where she's joining us today, offices in New York and Nairobi. So using CRM and marketing automation processes set up by Reza and her team, startups and traditional companies are able to spend more time closing deals instead of being bogged down by administration tasks. She's originally from uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Reza now resides and lives in Israel with her family. She came to Israel in 2007 for a two-week vacation, which turned into a 12-week, uh, 12-year hiatus. Uh, where she's now planning and executing her clients' direct marketing strategies, training teams, and you'll most likely find Riza sharing her marketing and sales expertise with a captive audience at any given co-working space. So I'd like to welcome Riza Gooding to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey, Riza, super, super excited to have you on the podcast today to share your superpower in helping business owners, entrepreneurs, and startups uh, get started and move the sales dial in a big way way. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Doug. It's a real pleasure to be here. Finally, I'm talking to fellow marketers. So there's nothing more that excites me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love this. I mean, I, uh, most of my guests are in the marketing space, but I do talk to I do talk to SaaS uh, providers. So I have I have had the guys from HubSpot on and various yes. different CRM platforms. And I like work you know, I like workflow. I like the automation. I like the CRM. I like the yeah. way that technology is helping the businesses grow. But what I hear from people and what I see with my clients is often they're overwhelmed. Yes. And yes. they've got three or four or five different programs that they've bought that they're not using. So why don't you share with us what it is that you do to help your clients? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm based here in Israel, which is like the, they call it basically Wadi Silicon Valley, almost Wadi Valley. <laughs> so, you Wadi know, Valley, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like the second largest startup tech scene here in the world. So, you know, I work with a lot of startups and I also work with some traditional companies as well. So, you know, companies existing over 30 years still don't have CRMs or marketing platforms. They made their money through old school marketing and still believe in that strongly. 
So my goal really is to help these businesses understand how to become more efficient because they can use these platforms to really scale their businesses and become more successful and reach more markets using these platforms. Okay, that makes sense. Now, when you're doing this, like, you know, not all business owners are, are born with a, a desire to be, you know, to learn technology and to use technology. So, you know, you get into business because you, you you know, you've either worked for somebody else and you want to take that and, and, and get into that business or because you've come up with a new idea to solve a problem. So how do you help people overcome the, the hurdles of going, hey, I should do something better than keeping, you know, uh, all my contacts on my desk, but business cards are the rubber band. So maybe I'll get more sophisticated and I'll put them into an Excel sheet or a Google Doc. So what are the steps that you take to kind of move people beyond that so they can really start to scale their business? Yeah, these are very good questions because believe it or not, whether they are young millennials or anywhere, most people are tech adverse, you know, you think everybody's walking around with their iPhones, it's easy to get them to adopt these platforms. It's not. Everyone has some kind of pushback. Everyone don't really want to learn something new. So it's very, very, not very often, actually, that I will be able to go into a company and just say, hey, this is how it goes and set it up. I spend 50% of my time just really trying to ease them into the situation of adopting these platforms. And one of the basic things I always start off with is try to show them quick and easy wins and things that are very easy. And this is why I love HubSpot because with HubSpot, you don't have to know any coding. You don't have to know any kind of backend of the system. Everything is very frontal. It's very user-friendly in the interface and everything. And the best part is me, because I know a lot of it already, I can go in and set up these things before the client even sees their platform. And all I get to do is show them sometimes like, okay, guess what? Look, I connected your email to HubSpot, for example. When you send this email, you're going to get a notification that that person opened the email. Isn't that amazing? Now you know exactly when to pick up the phone and call them. So these little wins help, you know, even for showing them how I can log the emails that they're sending to the CRM. So when their boss is asking, did you email that person? What's happening with that lead? They can actually just go to the CRM and see it themselves. So these are little things I always start off doing without them having to get involved in understanding how the platform works, but seeing actual value already from the minute they have purchased and installed the platform. Well, I think that's a great lesson for everyone to learn. So you're not coming in there and and giving them a sermon, so to speak, on, um, you know, this is why CRM and here's all the bells and whistles and it'll do this and it'll do that. They're actually getting something tangible. So they log in for the first time and it's like, hey, guess what? We're already tracking and we're we're saving all those conversations in a place that's organized so you can find them later, have a meaningful conversation. So it's immediate value opposed to, you know, months of, of learning. Exactly, exactly. Because again, you you will get you will run into brick walls if you try it. You know, in, the, in my early the beginning of my career, I was very anxious and wanted to show them everything. And then I saw how overwhelmed <laughs> people felt. And not yeah. only that, they will just freeze and they will not use this platform ever. You know, so they won't touch it. So I've learned from experience rather 
to just do things bit by bit, you know, and don't try to give them the whole bells and whistles, as you said, from the beginning. Well, and I guess that's, you know, like you said, that's just part of learning how to sell properly is, is you're actually trying to show somebody what's going to happen, the transformation. Yes. Today you're here. And if you take the actions that I'm suggesting, this is what your life's going to look like next week. Exactly. You're going to have less stress. You're not going to have to go, hey, who was that guy I met at that networking event? Who was that guy I met at the, you know, the this plat that platform event? Um, you're going to have all those things at your fingertip on your phone or on your, your desktop or laptop. Exactly. You are so right, Doug. So, you know, I, I'm a really techie guy. So I'm like, I'm not a coder, but I just love the technology. And so lots of times my first move is, is to technology. So if somebody's you know, running a business and they're going to make a decision to, hey, maybe I should get more organized. Maybe I should get a CRM of some sort. Instead of talking about, you know, the the technology first, how should they look at this as to be part of or to be integrated in their marketing plan? So it's like, okay, I need to be more organized, but what does that look like in their marketing plan before they go make the decision and spend weeks or months searching the perfect CRM Yes, that's a very good question again, Doug, and I'll tell you why. It's really because, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I've gone into companies who bought HubSpot or bought some platform and they said, okay, Risa, we're ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, you don't even have a website. What do you mean? Let's go. So, you know, Oops. exactly. Yeah. So they don't understand sometimes, most yeah. people don't understand that there is a foundation that's needed to power these platforms, okay? Marketing automation platforms cannot work without a website. So if you don't have a functional site, and I mean functional meaning it wasn't built in 1980 and it still sits there, it has to be one of these kind of responsive sites that can really speak to your audience today because you have to have simple things like call to actions, buttons on the site, you have to have forms on the site. So there's certain elements that your site must contain in order for these platforms to work because remember the goal of these platforms is to collect consumer data. They want to collect leads for you. So the leads have to have some way of interacting with something online to be entered into the platforms. So the platforms, you have to have that basic level, first of all. And then another thing is to have something simple as content, you know, because content is the next thing that actually fuels everything that basically surrounds the marketing automation platform. So if you have no blogs or you don't really have a, a gated piece of content like an ebook or a guide, then how do you set up a drip nurture? You know, how would you actually figure out how to bring these leads in and take them further down the funnel? You know, you need to have these little things in place at the very beginning before you think of really investing in these platforms. So sometimes I see that businesses aren't there yet, especially when they're very brand new startups and they're still trying to figure out what the hell they're selling in the first place, yep. then they don't really have these assets in place. So it doesn't make sense to invest in these platforms at this very early stage. Yeah. And I guess that's what I was kind of getting at. That's exactly the point was, you know, do you have a marketing plan and a plan to move forward? So at the very least, you should be collecting collecting, like you said, the consumer data, people that are visiting your website, people that you're meeting out at business events. So you have some you have some automated way that if you want to respond to them. So if you and I met at the ad tech in Israel, I could go into a HubSpot and I could go, you know, source of lead um, yes. ad tech and it would give me a list of everybody is there and I can send them a note, say, hey, you know, great to connect with you at ad tech in Israel last week. Exactly. Wasn't Rez's presentation great. I'm working on an email 
platform or whatever. So you've got a conversation. That's the beginning. So do you coach people then in terms of how to, you know, how to leverage the tool? Because the tool is a powerful tool. I know lots of people who use it. And so, like you said, you know, you need to have some content and content strategy. So, you know, I know HubSpot produces an insane amount of content. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. of, of, of good content. Yeah. Um, but do you coach them in terms of how, how do you get started? So here's your marketing plan. Here's your, your new business. You're going to need to do, you need, you know, four emails. You're going to need some blog posts. And this is how they're going to integrate with the system. Yes, of course. So this is always part of the beginning strategy when I do my kickoff meetings and set up and begin to set them up. So after showing them their quick wins and getting them on board, the next stage is yes, to help them actually develop what I start off with a campaign. So I don't even talk the word marketing plan or strategy because yeah. that's so too big for them to absorb. Oh, yeah. So okay. I take it down to one notch and I say, let's set up one campaign. Let's think of a segment of your audience you'd like to reach. Let's think of some little content we can find, even if it's not your own content for now, because sometimes, again, they're still at that stage where, They're not sure what they want to produce. So I say to them, okay, let's try to find articles online that's relevant to your business and relevant to your audience, just to show them how it will work so they can inspire them to now create their own content, you know? So sometimes they would have a very good sales pitch deck or something. So because they've already been talking to a lot of VCs or they're trying to get funding. So they do have some content available. So my goal will always be to try to repurpose that content into something that can be much more digestible for a wider audience who not really yet sure that they want to buy this technology they're selling. So this is usually part of the process. So again, I define a campaign with them based on an audience, and then I help them choose like two to three pieces of external content that might just exist on the website that we can use as part of drip nurtures. And then I take something that they have existing, like a sales presentation, and try to convert that into some type of gated content, like an ebook or, or not even a white paper. I wouldn't go that far, but sometimes an infographic or something we can share with them. And then I help, I show them how we can build a campaign out of these little content pieces to generate initially some leads for their database. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I share a lot of third-party content because I, you know, I produce content. I don't produce as much as I'd like. So that's a really good point. And I, I just sent out my email to my list this morning and my topic today was all around welcome messages, mm-hmm. which would be a very simple thing when you, I'm sure when you set up Infusionsoft for people to, or not Infusionsoft, when you set up HubSpot mm-hmm. rather, that they're going to get this autoresponder. And the numbers were 59% of the people open it. All right. Amazing, right? Yeah. It, which which is which is crazy and most people expect it and less than half the half the businesses send it so there's a really super easy win to just get there's an easy piece of content to to write just to welcome people into your organization or onto your list yes that's amazing you're so so right so moving forward so you you know you come into an organization and you help them get organized when do they they start to kind of reach their stride generally so when they they start to feel comfortable and their sales reps and their marketing people have kind of adopted this and and start to actually use you know use the tool that's there because I think so often tools like this are so powerful what I see is, and I can speak for myself as well, I use 5% of the capability. I know, I know. And that's and I'm exactly. missing 95%. <laughs> You're so right, you know, because oftentimes I sometimes go into companies that already bought HubSpot, have it sitting there for two, three, five years. 
And all they're using is emails and landing pages. And I'm like, do you understand what machine you have in front of you? Do you know how much more this can do? And they don't realize, you know, that they don't realize that features like chatbots exist in HubSpot. They don't realize that they can do workflows and workflows are powerful in terms of not just sending out emails, but organizing their database for them so they can group people and populate different fields that they want through workflows. So they really don't understand the capabilities and It takes a while, I must admit, for people to really get fully engrossed in it. And they have to be willing to test and make mistakes without compromising their business too much. And again, most people get very tech averse. so They don't really want to touch it. So this is why, thankfully, we have jobs because they depend on agencies a lot to come in and now guide them through that process. But my agency, I try to position us differently. And I, I always say to my clients, I want to empower you. So after a while, I'm going to take the stirrups off and you have to learn to drive this wheel. I will sit and I will guide you. I will be here for you to answer the questions, but I want you to take control of that wheel now and start doing things yourself. So after about six months or so of being with a client and helping them set up, I do start to take a bit of a back seat. And I allow them to go into the system. Now, of course, they do make a balagan, meaning a lot of mistakes, as we say in Israel. (laughs) So they could mess up the entire system sometimes. And then they have to call me in to help clean up and, you know, reverse their mistakes. But again, I appreciate that they go through that process because it teaches them, you know, how to not do certain things like that, you know. Like I just finished reading um, Principles by Ray Dalio. And one of the principles he said he has is an issue log in his company. And I think this is something that I would love to implement for my clients going forward is to have an issue log so they understand what mistakes they made, why it was made, and why not to do it again. So they have a reference point. Because, again, you do so many things in that platform every day. And sometimes, you know, I I saw in one post that you had on your website where you featured Gary Vaynerchuk talking about email blasts, why it's so detrimental, because he received an email without his first name in it and his name was misspelled. So these are mistakes. Exactly. (laughs) So these are mistakes that happen, you know, and it's quite often it will happen with marketing automation because when you have thousands and hundreds of people in an email list, you don't always go through the list to make sure that, um, Everybody's first name is populated. But what you can do is have a default. So it will say, hi, dear, or hi, friend, or hi, colleague. So if the first name isn't there, at least it populates with that instead. But these little things they miss, and that's why Gary received such an email. So these are the things I'm trying to teach my clients to avoid making if they have such an issue log that picks up these mistakes eventually. Well, that's a great idea. So I, I guess I'll be looking forward to you submitting a piece of content of the issue log for hub, new new HubSpot users. So, you know, we can learn what mistakes everyone else has made so we don't have to do that. Exactly, exactly. And the mistakes I'm telling you, they are repetitive. You know, I deal with <laughs> dozens and dozens of accounts every month and it's the same mistakes I see all the time. So... Well, and I don't want listeners to to go, hey, six months. Now, now, Russ didn't say it takes six months to get value. I the, My question to her, I just want to reemphasize was, how long does it take people to get up to stride where the team's using it? Yeah. And 
The bad news is it's going to take six months. So you can't do it in 30 seconds. It's not a microwave. The good news is that, you know, you're going to be still running your business in six months from now, whether or not you implement the system. Yeah. The yeah. difference is how, how effective are you going to be six months from exactly. now? Exactly. And again, you know, usually it takes us two weeks to set up a platform for people. So they get to use it from day one. But the right. problem is that they're actually trying to depend on us to do everything for them. And this is all well and good because this is most agency models that they try to take, you know, all of the marketing plans and strategy and tactics to manage that whole process for clients. But, you know, more and more again, you see how people are getting unhappy with agencies. It's because agencies are not there in-house, you know, so they don't always understand the politics and the different changes that are happening within organizations. So this is why sometimes they're not always very effective or their results don't always match the value that the clients think they should be getting. And I've learned that mistake as well because I've worked with so many agencies and I see that, you know, especially in a startup world, you know, they came up with one product last week and by next week, once the CEO rolls off his bed, he has a whole totally different new product. But you in the agency sitting remotely will never get that information until it's too late. So. My point is that always because of this kind of disconnect with agencies and companies, it's difficult for us to bring value consistently. So even though at the very beginning, I'm there with my clients, holding their hands, setting up the campaigns, doing everything for them, the point of them taking control is because the changes that happen within the organization are way too quick that by the time we get the information, it's not enough to make the changes to bring the results they need. So they need to be able to run that ship themselves so they can make those changes. Yeah, and I think they should. I mean, that's one of the, the you know, the comments I've often, uh, you know, shared with people with regards to, you know, why should you be using lead magnets and building an email list? Well, because you control that data. Yeah where you don't control the data on the social platforms, the social platforms go away. So the same thing with the database, you should be, you have someone on your team, like you said, that's hands-on in-house yeah. um, that can deal with it. So if you do send Gary Vaynerchuk an email and you don't put his first name and you spell his last name wrong and he blasts you on Twitter, at least you can get on there and you could, you could send him a follow-up note. You know how to find him and send him a sorry and maybe a, I don't know what his, I don't, I don't know what his, you know, don't send him wine because he's got his own wine club, but <laughs> send him some chocolate to go with his wine exactly. or something, right? Exactly. So can you share an example with us of a client that, you know, that, you know, you saw a major, tra- you know, a transformation in some form after they went from, you know, their spreadsheet, their Excel spreadsheet to, you know, to implementing with you guys? They all do, honestly, Doug, because it changes their lives. You know, I mean, think about it. Well, you can't, you can't tell us about all of them. I just need <laughs> you to tell us about one. <laughs> so I will, I will focus on one, but I will tell you why they see this value quickly. It's also because... I don't know how it is in America because I've never really worked there, but in Israel, the bosses here tend to micromanage a lot, which means that they always want to know what's going on at every second in real time. So our work days are extremely long because of that. And also because we market to the US, you may find ourselves working like 12 to 15 hours a day because of this. With the system, can you imagine your boss no longer has to call you 10 o'clock in the night to ask you if you send that email to that leader? So in the system now, when they implement these systems, they have a need for less meetings once they have the system because everybody has the information in real time. Everybody can see the same information as everybody else. So no one is missing any loops. So no one is wondering what happened today. 
So this is one of the first, you know, wins they see that it keep it helps, it allows them to really reduce the amount of meetings they would have normally and get information in real time. So most people appreciate the system for that. The next thing I think that they really, um, I saw like one company especially really saw value from is just getting processes in place and making sure that people have an understanding of what their sales process is, especially because again, with a startup, sometimes it's all over the place, right? The goal is just to get the customer. So everybody tries different things and everybody does their own thing. Yep. But with the system, it forces everyone to follow a certain pattern at least. Yes, you can try different things, but the pattern must be, you know, the lead must be updated if it is you sent a contract. You must have a POC, a point of um this this point of like test that they're going to do with the software first. So that stage must be updated. So at least everybody's on the same page with where the stage of the lead is. And that's what's important for these businesses to really understand if they're bringing real value to their audience or if their business even makes any sense because they will see the numbers every day on that. Well, that makes sense too, like you said. So it goes beyond, I mean, we're talking beyond the sales and marketing team. We're talking about, you know, a VP level being able to go in there and pull reporting and and look and and get data and see how people are performing and see where the organization is and see the number, so some metrics, right? See the number of new leads and those that convert for uh, the, the lead magnet and those that convert to a trial and those who convert to a sale. Instead of exactly. phoning and say, hey, like you said, did you send that email to, you know, XYZ company yet? You know, where are they? So the data is there if they choose to log in and find it. Exactly. Exactly. And then even if they don't, they can have it emailed directly to them in their inboxes. So this is the whole point as well. You know, they get real-time information in every possible way. It could come to their cell phone. It could come to their emails. So they don't even have to go into the system most times. So this is what makes it as easy as well, you know. That's really cool. So looking at technology, you know, and being that you're living in the kind of the center of the world in terms of new tech and technology, what are you most excited about in the next six to eight or 12 months? Wow, there's so many tools, but I think for me and from as a marketer, the most, well, two things I really want and I realize that the market needs, one of them is about better insights, not analytics, but insights. And I'll tell you why. And there's no... I mean, there are a couple of companies that are trying to come up with something, but this is something I realize that my clients have a challenge with. Reports are all well and good, Doug, but what happens, most people can't interpret that data. They don't really know what it means, okay? They can see the, you know, they see the numbers and they see sometimes what they're familiar with, like how many clicks and views. But as a marketer, we know those are vanity metrics. Those don't really tell you how well you're doing. You need to really get deep inside the numbers and see how different things are affecting and what, what the, con- the connection, where the connections are, what the attributions are. So it, it takes a little bit more deep digging to really get those insights. So what I would like to see or even develop myself one day would be more insights that actually kind of give pop-ups to the screens and to these analytic reports that tells marketers basically, okay, this is a good metric but you're still below the benchmark. And these are the three things you can do to improve. So it actually gives them actionable items that they can do one as, as right away without waiting to figure out what to do. Because I think this is a big gap, which really see um, real progress and real value for 
these businesses to see get out of these systems today. Because analytics are all well and good, and everybody has an analytics dashboard, but most people cannot read them. So it's a problem. Well, and like you said, we're often looking at the wrong metrics. We're looking, hey, you know, look at how many followers I have on 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 Instagram. It's like, yeah, but nobody likes comments or clicks to your bio, so who cares? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But these are the things, they, they take what's easy, I guess, and they just don't know really how to do cross-reporting and, you know, all of these other funnel reports that you really need to understand how to set up and how to interpret. So that's on a higher level. I think there's a lot still to do on that side with analytics. But basically, let's just say for 2020, what I'm most excited into getting into is chatbots. And why it's, again, I think it's not something that is very well developed yet, especially in the Israeli market. Clients don't always understand the value of it. They know they should have it because it's a trend, because, of course, they read the same blogs you and I do. So everybody (laughs) talks about it. So they think, okay, it's trendy, so just put it on the site. But they don't really take the time to format it and and really understand what's happening with it and and measure the um, effectiveness of it to make sure it's actually getting their audiences and converting them as it should be. So this is something I want to focus on more for in 2020 to bring more value for with my clients for sure. Well, and that's interesting because, you know, I looked at chatbots as well. So I saw that I saw that come out and I actually had a developer approach me. He's a, he builds them for big companies, but he doesn't know how to market himself. And so when I started looking at it, I thought, oh, this looks really cool. And I did exactly what you said. What well, this looks really cool. I should have a look at this. And what I realized was it's no different than the example you just gave of people coming into HubSpot was, it was going to require some time to go through and think about, you know, how does somebody get to the chatbot? So how am I going to get it in front of people? What information are they going to want? What is the conversation going to look like from the time that they first sign up to the time that they join my email list to the time that they uh, maybe buy a product from me and all the pieces that go back in back and forth in between. And I was surprised at, you know, how much planning and work there was from the yes. from, you know, walking people through the, the chat bot sales exactly, process. Exactly. Exactly. So, and even on the marketing side, we have to actually set up that text, you know, and that alone takes a little brain power because it has to be natural text. It has to make people think that they're talking to a person because most people will interact with it and want to feel like they're talking to a person, not the machine. So you have to really understand how to build that text so it flows well and it really converts the visitor and they do, it doesn't turn them off really. Well, and I think the other thing to consider too, as a, as a marketer, you know, or even as a, as a startup is to have your, have those solutions that integrate. Yeah. So you don't, so you don't have, um, you know, landing page software and then you have, you know, an outside analytics software and then you have an email platform and then you have a CRM platform and then you have a chatbot platform and then you have an SMS platform. Because most people that I work with have all those things. They don't talk to each other. So the sales rep doesn't know that someone's in a chatbot conversation or doesn't know that their marketer, their email guy sent an email out to their list. And that's exactly why I recommend people to take HubSpot because HubSpot is the only platform that makes has every single thing in it. From the minute somebody enters your visual online assets as a prospect to the minute they close and even after they become a customer, you can do customer service with them on the same platform. So imagine having such a journey and such a visual of your customer's journey. It's amazing because as you just pointed out, this is one of the biggest problems with most companies and clients. 
their processes are too disjointed and they don't speak to each other. So no, just like the departments in these companies, the sales don't want to talk to the marketing, the marketing are talking to product. So nobody knows what's going on. Everybody does their own thing. And this is exactly what's happening on the platforms. But with HubSpot, because everything sits on the platform, it um, makes it much easier. So for example, like this is my winning line each time I talk to clients, especially salespeople who like to give me pushback about HubSpot because they're all Salesforce fans. And I love Salesforce because I think it's an amazing platform. But for a startup with no budget, Salesforce is not necessary. So HubSpot is a free CRM. And one thing I always tell my clients is why you should invest in it is for this one reason only. When a salesperson is talking to a prospect and this person is almost closing to a sale, oftentimes the biggest hiccup is when marketing starts sending out marketing emails. And HubSpot has a way that if the salesperson booked a meeting with the customer or changed the status from lead to opportunity, then it takes that person out of every marketing email nurture. So you don't have to worry that that person is going to get a marketing nurture because the minute that sales says this person is with me, it's out of every marketing nurture. And that alone is a big win because you know how much friction there is between marketing and sales. So... Yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, uh, I didn't know that. So there's my there's there's something new I learned today, which is really cool. But I had written down as you were speaking, sales and marketing cooperation is what I was writing down as I was listening to you thinking, you know, often sales and marketing, like you said, are tug of war. Sales is saying, hey, marketing materials suck. They're sending us bad Mm -hmm. leads and marketing saying, hey, your sales guys suck. They're not closing the business. And the reason why I like technology is that it takes the it takes the emotion out and if you'll allow it it'll take the ego out exactly who's right or wrong it's like okay so here's the marketing collateral you produced here's the advertising that you're buying for that um here's the the response that the marketplace is giving to that um so everybody has a has a global view so it's very flat Mm -hmm. um and very transparent and you can see everybody's roles and the goal at the end of the day is to keep the business alive Mm -hmm. which means sales and marketing need to work together exactly exactly so you, there you go. Now we solved everybody's problem. So I, we can just go on and do something else for the rest of the day, right? <laughs> That's the goal. That's always my goal. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you're out at an event or at a conference and people don't recognize you as the HubSpot guru, <laughs> what bad advice do you hear them giving? So you're, you know, he's a couple of people standing off in the corner talking about uh, CRM or Salesforce automation. And there's someone who's just speaking loudly, just telling the world how, how it is. So what's that bad advice that you hear? Most times they always talk about these systems are not working for them and they have to do the work, you know? And oftentimes they give a lot of pushback and I hear a lot of people complaining about how difficult it is and it's so much work and it takes so much time. And often why it takes so much time and why it's so much work and it doesn't bring them the results. And I just had a course about this yesterday The main big problem with them is about how they manage their contact database. And I always stress to my clients that forget everything else in a platform. If you don't spend time cleaning up your database, it's a problem. And this will always encounter and always repeat itself. And your campaigns will never perform well. You'll find it's more work to do everything because... You don't have a true source that tells you what's really happening with your leads and your customers. 
So they need to spend time, at least I say half an hour every week, just spend some time going through any new con contacts that come in there. Make sure they have the basics that you need for your campaigns. Example, a proper email address. Most people love to put in junk because they just want your content and they don't really want you to bother them. And it's fine, but just delete them. You know, there's no need to keep people in your database just for having numbers sake. You need to actually delete people who are not relevant and who give bad information. Yeah, and that makes sense. And then, yeah, and then secondly, you know, I always say to them, take time as well to understand the system. You know, as you said initially, HubSpot has a ton of resources. But again, it's a good thing and a bad thing for them because people feel overwhelmed by so much resources. So they don't really go into it and they don't delve into it. So when they get these kinds of platforms, they don't know where to begin and they set it up badly because they can't wait. They don't want to take the time to read and understand. So they try to do things themselves without having that foundation of uh, foundational understanding. So of course they set things up badly and it works badly for them because of that. So a lot of my job is often to go in and fix all the bad setup they've done because they didn't really take time to understand the logic in the system. No, that makes sense. I mean, and I'd had that experience so that we had some poor data. So we had several staff data entering and we had had some other, some older systems, legacy systems. And then we moved all that stuff into Salesforce and it wasn't a Salesforce issue, but it was almost like our, our team, our admin team thought there was something magical, like this was Harry <laughs> Potter, something magical was going to happen. Yes. We're going to take all this data where things like, you know, state or country, mm -hmm. uh, people, some people use an abbreviation and some people use mm -hmm. caps and some people use uppercase, lowercase. And then you wonder why the data doesn't perform. There, there was no magic solution. There was no wizard inside that was going to cast a spell and have the data be corrected. Exactly. It really was... a it was a grind. It was hard work and we had to roll up our sleeves and suck it up and make a decision to do it or there's no sense even using the system because it just doesn't perform. Exactly, exactly. Your database is your source of truth, so you have to take care of it. It will not help you if you don't. Well, I like your analogy too. I mean, that it takes time to do this. I mean, I think, you know, and that's why I go, I'll go back to the point that, you know, six months from now or a year from now, you're still going to be in business. So the question is, are you going to make a commitment? Um, even if it's a small commitment, I'm going to make a commitment to 30 minutes a day or 50 minutes a day or an hour a week to, to learn, you know, get deeper into the system. And then, you know, look, look at what, you know, what asset I'll have at the end of the year. You know, when I started training at the gym, I couldn't, I didn't go in there and say, Hey, you know, I've never been here before, but I would like to start doing, you know, 300 pound back squats um, on exactly. my first day. He's going to say, no, start with an empty bar. Um, exactly. Right? Yeah. So it takes time to build it up. Exactly. That's the whole point. So what advice would you give people that are saying, okay, hey, this sounds really cool and yeah, I've thought of this a million times or I've tried it and I've failed or I've tried that and I've failed or I've even set up HubSpot before and I couldn't get it to work. So what would you tell them to do? So first two things, okay, whether it's HubSpot or anything else, try to use the free versions first. Don't waste money and don't spend money you don't necessarily have to. So HubSpot, for example, has a lot of free versions of its platform now and it takes time, but it t it's worth it to actually take your time and invest in learning it and seeing and going, feeling around with it. You know, I'm, I always tell people when I started HubSpot, I actually was on maternity leave. I had just given birth to my daughter. It was like about 10 years ago. But the joke was that I decided I wanted to like start my own business, but I didn't really think of anything, but I just wanted to learn marketing and learn HubSpot. So I used that opportunity now to actually um, 
start selling baby shoes because I had a baby and I thought, okay, I'm going to sell all these cute baby stuff. And I used the platform to understand how to do the marketing for it, how to do different things. And that's how it learns. It wasn't a big risk, you know? So sometimes you can think of just doing it on a side business first or something like you have a decide that you don't really have to think about messing up your core system. And then when you have the knowledge for that, then bring it into your business. And if you don't have the time to do such learning, then just hire an expert, you know, just go. There's so many HubSpot agencies all over the world now. You have no reason not to find an expert or just go on LinkedIn and find somebody, whether it's HubSpot, Keep It, Fusionsoft, Marketo, whatever platform you need, there's always an expert out there who can help you. And that could crunch the time of you understanding what to do. So just do it. That's a good point. So you can take the time and do it over weeks or months or years, or you can bring in an expert if you've got the resources and you've got a time frame you want to get it done, and you can shorten that time frame down considerably, like you said, to probably yes. weeks to be up and up and live. Exactly, exactly. So this is well, and then if they so if they retain you, does that do we get does that mean we get to come and train with you in your office in Israel and enjoy that beautiful country and all the beautiful food that you guys have? Oh my goodness, I would love nothing better. I promise you, you would have an <laughs> amazing time so any clients that uh, that would love to come they should just come over and we have a beautiful office there near the beach in, in israel so you have a beach view and you can run down there during breaks and then set up hub spot when you're stressed out oh we'll go to the beach and you can set up hub spot. That's too, yeah you see you you come <laughs> go to the beach and i will set up your hub spot for you not a problem there you <laughs> go so um who's one guest that you think i absolutely have to have on my podcast Hmm, this is a good question. So I actually had a name, but since you told me you had HubSpot people, I wouldn't call that person. But there's... Well, I can have another HubSpot <laughs> person. I mean, there's lots of people in the organization. Yeah. But, so feel free, whoever whoever you well, like. I'm not even sure he does a podcast, but he's so talented and amazing in terms of marketing and sales advice. So there's one guy I love there called Pratik Sharma. So he is like one of our account directors there. But he is so shocked. It's like every time I speak to this guy, I'm like, oh, my God, you just gave me a whole gem. I feel like it, I went to university for five minutes and came out, you know. So he's one person. But there's another really talented woman I work with currently called Claudia Higgins. She's like my business coach. But again, why I loved working with her, again, I think she's also one of those people who don't just understand marketing, but understand the business side of things. Yeah. So she helps businesses to actually put the both together so they really work for each other, you know, because people don't realize oftentimes why their marketing doesn't work is because of the business problems they are facing. <laughs> yes. So it can't happen that you're going to have absolutely great marketing when the management is not synced on certain things or the product isn't done, you know. There's so many basic things that has to work in a business first for marketing to work and sales to work, you know. So she's one of those people who help really get it and put it together. Well, excellent. And because I know that you're super organized and this, this information is at your fingertips, maybe I could ask you just to make an email introduction to us and I will follow up with both of your recommendations. For sure, I would be more than happy to. Now, where can people track you down? So they're saying, hey, this is really cool. I love what Riza was saying. I could really use some guidance and some assistance or I have some questions before I take the first step. So where can they find you? The easiest place is LinkedIn. Just look for Risa Gooding on LinkedIn and I am happy to connect with you and talk to you more. And then from LinkedIn, you can find all the other resources, my website, you know, 
um, blogs, everything else that you would want to know about how we work. But basically, LinkedIn is the first and easiest place to go to. There we go. LinkedIn is just smoking these days. It's people are is, is now the new popular platform. It's the new Facebook. Exactly right. <laughs> So I just want to say thanks so much for taking time out of your day. I really appreciate you sharing and coming on the show and just, just kind of laying it out for people in a really simple and easy way to understand. You're welcome, Doug. It was a pleasure being here as well. And I really look forward to seeing you in Israel soon. So please make another trip. Yeah, I'd love to come. I know my wife and I would love to come back. So, hey, thanks for tuning in, listeners. That was another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. And today we talked about all things CRM, Salesforce automation. We talked about baby steps, how to get started, some considerations in terms of making decisions moving forward. So I hope you found this uh, episode helpful. Uh, I'll make sure that I've got the links uh, for Riza in the show notes when the episode is published. Thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.